Go. Test. One. Test. Check, check, Test. check. One, two. Test. Check, check, check. Test. Yo, yo, Test. yo, yo, yo. Out now, brown cow. Man, LeBron James opens the door for a Cleveland return, CP3 goes down with an injury, and a review of the All-Star Weekend, the good, the bad, and the dunk contest. Sort of. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? No net or double rim, y'all. <laughs> John, how you living? Best dunk contest ever. <laughs> Sammy, how you living? Double rim all day. Can't do no net. Man, we had an exciting weekend, sort of. Clutch Sports apparently is upset that the Lakers didn't trade for John Wall. Clutch apparently is not happy with Rob Palinka. The sentiment has long percolated and it reached a boil when Palinka refused to trade Westbrook and a future first rounder for Houston's guard, John Wall. What did you guys think of this news? I think it's pretty obvious that Clutch Sports, once LeBron James is on a specific team, they get involved heavily and it gets pretty messy quickly if they don't get what they want. And that's just the dangerous part of signing LeBron James, as great as he is. You have John Wall, who hasn't played in a year. But I really don't blame them because they did sign, or not sign, they did trade for Westbrook. And now they're trying to make amends for that mistake of forcing that trade. I mean, LeBron wanted Westbrook. That's... That's the mistake that he made, and now he has to live up to it. He tried to go back, get John Wall, and hopefully shake things up. But now he's just going to have to see if they could have Westbrook to win this upcoming season, right? You know? You know, with all the craziness that's going on in the world, there's some sort of normalcy whenever there's major drama in La La Land with the Los Angeles Lakers. I feel at home. (laughs) And I'm not really surprised by this. This is kind of what happens when you allow agents and players to make decisions, executive decisions that are reserved for the executive team and management. And when stuff like this happens, when it goes south and things aren't all peachy keen and roses, then people turn on each other. They, They point fingers. But JJ made a great point. They're the ones who wanted Westbrook. It's not working the way they expected it to. And now they're crying foul. They're complaining and they want it to change. So I honestly don't even really have much sympathy for them. They part of me wants to see them make it work because that's what a part of you know, that's what they wanted. On the other hand, too, Palinka doesn't get a lot of he gets the blame too, in my opinion, because he put together a roster that clearly didn't have much thought in terms of how it would really function on a basketball court. And he got really guys that are just way older than the average age on any basketball team. So we're just going to get run off the court by young teams. And it showed day in and day out. I mean, we lost to a lot of teams that are just bad, but they have young legs and they're fresh. So it's, uh, you know, it's tough to be a Laker fan, but a a part of me is also intrigued about what's going to happen moving forward. Um, albeit it is like a little sad. And I'm looking at this from LeBron and Clutch's perspective. What do they care about the 27 first round pick? LeBron's not going to be on the team by then. So as far as he's concerned, he made <laughs> right. the mistake of wanting Westbrook. He doesn't have to own it. 
they can just do a straight swap of wall, get another clutch client in the building. If it works out better, great. No sweat off his back if they lose that pick. True. And this is what he's done. And I'm not saying it in a bad way, but goes to Miami, they trade for vets. They trade all their picks. He goes to Cleveland, they immediately swap Wiggins for love. And they trade all their picks. He's concerned about winning titles right away, which is understandable. He's been the best player in the world for the last 18, 19 years. But for the Lakers, this is the first time a team has actually said, we need to plan for life after you. And we're not used to seeing that for teams that have LeBron on it. So it makes me so curious for this offseason to yeah, see absolutely. what they're going to do. Yeah, exactly. So, I I mean, not, not to interrupt you, Miss Sammy, but Clutch Sports is really mad that they didn't get John Wall for Westbrook. Boo-hoo. Like, is, is that really what we're upset about here? I mean, come on, guys. Like, John Wall, like JJ was saying, hasn't played in a long time. We don't know. We have absolutely no idea what you'd be getting from him, right? You know what you're getting in Westbrook. At least you could develop some chemistry with him. Right. And then the future first-rounder, like, it's just a bad trade. It's it's a straight-up a bad trade. The Lakers lose in that trade. Of course they shouldn't do it. Yeah, and giving up a first-round pick on top of that. So not only making a lateral move, but also kind of damaging your short-term future. I don't get that. Well, John Wall is signed by Klitsch. Right. Yeah. They want that They want that commission. They want the extra ticket sales in La La Land. Yeah. And that's true. It's for their own self-interest. And who knows where the Lakers are going to be in 2027. An unprotected one. We don't know who's going to be on that Ooh. team. We don't know what they're going to look like. That could end up being a top five pick. I mean, you just never know. So could you imagine looking back at the from the 2027 draft and saying, the Lakers traded this pick for John Wall in 2022? <laughs> right. Absolutely. You know, as the caveat, Rich Paul did deny these reports, but... Are any of us really surprised that he denied it? Has to deny it. No choice. He has to, right? Yeah. Plus, like, that's going to cause a rift in L.A. with Westbrook with this. If he was like, yeah, like, we were definitely upset about that. We wanted Westbrook out of there. So, going to move on to the next topic here. LeBron James, he was asked about a potential return to Cleveland. Quote, he said, the door's not closed on that. I'm not saying I'm coming back and playing. I don't know. I don't know what my future holds. I don't even know when I'm free. What do you guys think about this statement from LeBron James? LeBron James. I think he I, might knock at the door in Cleveland and no one might answer the damn thing. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like what you did there. I mean, he's LeBron, like we just talked about, and he's an amazing player, but I love what they're building in Cleveland. These are all young guys. None of them are paid that much outside of Kevin Love, who's functioning in the veteran role. And they're clearly building up. I, they're not ready to win a title yet. And so they would just to match salary, unless the Lakers take Kevin Love, you're, you're going to be gutting that squad. Why, why should they do that? And they're not as desperate now. They got the ring with LeBron in, in 16. And we all know that Dan Gilbert kind of made a truce essentially with LeBron to bring him back. Does he have enough humility to bring him back again? I think he's going to want to prove a point that he can win without LeBron. So I don't think, I don't think it would work from Cleveland's side. I could be wrong, but I just don't, I don't see why they would want to break up that team. You mentioned Dan Gilbert and that's a great point because if there's one opportunity for Dan Gilbert to be petty, and get back at LeBron James for what he did, leaving for Miami. 
this would be the perfect opportunity mm -hmm. to say no. We're good enough without you, and we don't want your old uh, a butt here. <laughs> G rated. G rated. G rated. Your old butt here. I, it just reminds me, you know, your friend's relationship in high school. He's with a hot girl. Doesn't really treat him right, but he got he got the trophy girl. Shows her off at the parties, and then before you know it. She leaves her greener pastures. He's heartbroken. He's depressed for months. And he finally, he gets back on his feet. You're hyping your man up. He's doing his thing now. And then all of a sudden, the pretty girl texts him. Hey, how are you doing? I miss you. <laughs> and now he wonders, what should he do? Yeah, are you up? <laughs> should he call her back? You block that number he and get you back move into the relationship? on. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you Cleveland should do. Lose. But what do they really want? That's the that's the question, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like, I hate it when superstars do this. I I hate the whole homie hopping thing. Like, if yeah. if the Cleveland Cavaliers were a bottom five team right now, do you think there's any way in he double hockey sticks? that LeBron James is saying this. Absolutely not, right? I don't think he ever says this if Cleveland is a bottom five team right now. He's looking at this team, he's like, Dan Gilbert actually put a, a decent squad together and I would love to play with these guys, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Darius Garland, the list goes on, right? I would love to play with these guys so the door's not closed. Yo, lock that door. Lock if you that don't deserve, door, if, Cleveland. If you don't like me at my worst, you don't love me at my best. <laughs> Yo, Cleveland Absolutely. is for sure going to change their address soon. I know, right? New phone, who dis? <laughs> so, our next topic here. It's still LeBron James. Mm -hmm. He basically said that his last year, he wants to be playing with his son, Bronny. He said, wherever Bronny is at, that's where I'll be. I would do whatever it takes to play with my son for one year. It's not about the money at that point. What do you guys think about LeBron James talking about playing with Bronny in the future? It's not about money until the Sacramento Kings get the pick and choose Bronny James. <laughs> then it's definitely about something else. Sorry. Bro, I know you're up there in Sacramento, and to all my cowbell-loving fans in Northern California, or middle of the California, technically speaking, I'm sorry, but the reality is Sacramento is not a great franchise recently, or for a long time now. And honestly, it's the truth. if there are teams that are so bad, I know he wants to play with his son. He desperately wants to play with his son. I think that's that's really apparent. He made it very clear. But when push comes to shove and he's only getting offered the minimum to play and then he's playing in a terrible city where the team that has a terrible record, I think he'll take those things into consideration. I mean, I think playing in, in the league with your son might be enough for him. But again, if, if he's serious, then it'll be interesting to see when a, a bad team in a not so favorable city drafts Bronny, if they do. Yeah, so it'll be funny if Sacramento takes him and then he kind of corrects that statement and says, I just wanted to live next to him and he goes and signs with the Warriors for the minimum. 
So, uh, but all uh, all kidding aside, I think this is a little 4D chess on his part too. I do agree he wants to play with Bronny, but I also think part of this is Bronny, by all reviews, and I'm not a hardcore like high school prospects uh, game watch or anything like that, but he seems to be a solid prospect, but not a star. Last I saw, I was reading earlier that he's the 34th ranked prospect in his class right now. So there's not a lock that he would be a first round pick if he was in the draft right now. He will be now. LeBron just got him drafted in the first round by putting this out there. It's a lock. Great point. Great point. And I think that was a big part of this too, is just to make sure that Bronny goes to an organization as a first round pick, is guaranteed a shot in the league because a second round pick, he might end up in the G League. And if things don't work out, then he never gets a shot in NBA hardwood. So I, I do think that factored into this as well. And he's putting it out there early just to start the maneuvering for anybody who would actually take that into consideration a couple years from now and might make sure they have the picks available to, to make this happen. It's a two for one pick. Like both of the guys here are saying you're getting Bronny and LeBron. So when we talk about this and look at this, it's crazy. Like a second round pick that won't be eligible to draft it's not until two years and we're talking about it so you have to think and everyone's thinking who's going to draft Bronny is it too much to ask for a top five team well not not top five I should say top five drafting team to sacrifice their franchise for one year with LeBron or are we thinking that it's gonna be one of the later first round picks the contenders that say hey this late first round pick, it's not gonna do much. Let's just draft Braun and go out, go all out. I'll I'll give you a third theory. A team picking in the early 20s, first or second round out, trades up to 13, 14, 15, and figures LeBron's a piece that can put us over the top. Takes him at the back end of the lottery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, happen, the, yeah. the way that I'm looking at this, it kind of reminded me of my dad. Something like that my my dad would do, because like I used to play pickup ball with my dad, and you know if he was like a team captain or something that, he'd be like I'm taking Junior, I'm taking I'm taking my son first pick, overall, and I'm looking at the other guys I'm like this guy's like seven foot this guy's like he was dunking earlier, like he's really gonna pick me. I think LeBron genuinely wants to play with his son, no matter where it is. I think. If I'm if I'm talking to the two dads yeah. over here, would you guys do the same thing that LeBron James is doing right now? Oh yeah, hell yeah, sure. hell yeah, yeah dude, that's a dream. Yeah. That's is, something you'll never my... be able to replace. Absolutely right, and like it's something that hasn't been done before. And another thing that I really want to see or kind of figure out is, I also know that my dad picking me first had a lot of weight on it. Where my dad's gonna yell at me if I mess up yep. on the court. Do you think LeBron James is gonna go hard on his son during these games in the future? I was gonna say that when I play with my friends or my family, like my cousin here, June, it entices me to play that much harder. And when Bron and Bronny are on the court at the same time, you know those places where we see LeBron just chilling. Not playing defense when he wants. Yeah. He's sitting at the three, like the, the, the corner three. 
I think it's gonna entice him to go all out when he's in the game. I think so too. I also think LeBron is so good at controlling his own narrative and the image that he wouldn't ride him hard during games. I think he'd be very encouraging during games, but he'd probably ride him hard at practices and when there aren't the cameras there. So you don't think it's gonna be like Mario Chalmers? <laughs> Can he there's yell only, that every play? There's only one Mario Chalmers, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a little bit more info, Bronny will graduate high school in 2023, which means LeBron and Bronny won't be able to play together until the 24-25 season, potentially, depending on you know how Bronny's college or collegiate career goes. But moving on to our next topic here. Hold up. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and up, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. It's the All-Star Weekend Review. Team Cavs, they win the skills challenge against the Rooks and Team Atentacumpo. Yay. Carl Anthony Towns wins the three-point contest. Do you guys have anything to say about that? Kennard was robbed. Our, <laughs> I don't know how, but he was robbed. I like that Carl Anthony Towns was like picking like uh, Steph Curry's brain on how to win the thing. Mm. I thought that was pretty dope. Now we get to the dunk contest where Obi Toppin wins. Sort of, right? He beat, you know, JTA in the finals. What was wrong? Okay, we're going to start here. It's a huge topic, okay? What is wrong with a dunk contest? Because I was basically falling asleep during it. What do you guys think? I can what's tell right? you what's not right, yeah. <laughs> well, All right. I mean, let's go there. Okay, big elephant in the room. I know everybody's thinking this. The obvious reason is the participants. That we do not have guys... Who are known for dunking in the dunk contest and on the top of my head I can think of two guys immediately who would be perfect for it or three Zach Levine he's done it already but if we're talking about new guys even Anthony Edwards John Morant there are a lot of guys who've had highlight dunks and I'm sorry to the Warrior fans here but Juan Toscano Anderson has he ever had <laughs> a really a dunk that made you go wow that was a heck of a dunk. 
How dare you? And Obi <laughs> Toppin. No, you're right, though. I mean, did he win or did he just not lose? Right? Is that... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, to me, it's that's the first and foremost thing. And I don't know whether it's incentives, whether or not these big-name players don't want to participate because they're afraid if they lose, it's going to hurt their image. I think part of that is that is is a big reason. But to me, that's kind of weak. But I guess mentally, that kind of goes with the territory, with the, with the type of player today. But back to my point is, there needs to be more incentive from the NBA and Adam Silver to get these guys to part- want to participate, whether that's a cash incentive, whether that is, I don't know, some sort of sponsorship, maybe a charity thing. They have to try something new because it's just not cutting it. And while there have been two or three, four good years in the last 15 years, honestly, in the dunk contest, that can't, that doesn't cut it. For, for a contest that is the, the last one in the All-Star break a weekend and is supposed to draw all the attention and bring all the hype, you need you need to fix this. And to me, that's the first and foremost thing. I also, I hate this thing where they can attempt the ducks eight, nine, or 10 times now before they Amen. hit it. Someone put the percentages up Seriously. and they were like seven out of 28 in round one. Yes, sir. I mean, <laughs> if you don't make it on the second try after that, you've deflated the whole building. All the buildup is gone. So yeah. maybe this is me showing my age but I prefer the late 80s to early 90s style where it was one dunk, you miss, you get one replacement shot. That's the end of it. And and it keeps the contest moving. And in addition to that, it gives you room for more participants. Remember in the old days, like the ones that Jordan and Eek won, it was what, six or eight guys? And I know that this feeds into the what John just mentioned. We have a problem with participants, so maybe that's part of the reason they went to four. But my, my thought on fixing this, I don't know if... They would be capable of doing this. I would see if you could get 10 to 12 different players that would be interested in participating, right? And it, even if they're unknown, and because I think we're gonna have trouble getting like Jaw and Anthony Edwards and those guys for the reasons you said, John. But instead of having them all participate during the all-star voting, put up the dunk contest participants for vote two, throw up some clips of what they can do, invest the fans in it a little bit. So that way, by the time these guys show up and they're voted in, the fans had had some say about who got there and saw what they could do. There might be a little more enthusiasm that way too, because if you show up and you're not a hardcore fan, right? And it's Obi Toppin and Juan Toscano and, you know, that's your participant list. Unless your fans like we are, it's going to kind of be like, who are these guys? And there's not going to be that enthusiasm built in. But if you voted on it, you might be a little more invested all right here's my take number one there's been talks about having a three-on-three contest one-on-one contest right issue number two is the all-star game doesn't really glamorize or give props to our defensive players so what i want is straight up one-on-one blocker versus dunker you get gobert Versus an Anthony Edwards, just like what they do on Ballas Life, or the old N1 mixtapes, and you get the one-on-one aspect, you get the dunker versus blocker aspect, and you get the hype of them talking smack to each other. And we could even do it by teams, East versus West. Maybe you you do shooting guards versus shooting like blockers. Like, imagine if it was back in the day of having Kobe versus D Wade. 
And only all-star participants if you really want to spice it up. Everybody versus Gobert. Because <laughs> yeah. everyone, everyone, everyone put him on a poster. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be sick. I think that would be sick. You know? Yeah. That, if if we could get the players to do it, I would love that idea. That would be absolutely dope. I I do think there's probably a hard stop with the players' union and injury stuff. You're you're right. Yeah. But it would be a lot of fun. I I also think though that part of the dunk contest is the theatrical stuff. That was completely lacking, right? The best thing that we had was someone who was it? Cole Anthony. He put on Tim's. <laughs> that was the that was the best thing out of the dunk contest. That was semi theatrical, right? Yeah. So why can't you hook up these dunkers with theatrical writers? I don't get it, right? Have them consult with somebody. Be like, how can you make this better? How can you hype this up? Try put some effort. I feel like there was a lack of effort in the dunk contest and hook them up with like a WWE writer. I don't care, right? Make it fun. That's the point. Theat the theatrics are half of it, right? If you have a terrible dunk behind it, then the theatrics go out the window. It actually makes it worse. But you're right. If you can combine that with an amazing dunk, an amazing dunk, then I think it's that's what really brings in the crowd. And one other gripe that I have is. Why does it look like these guys have never practiced these dunks before? And they, and let alone, Seriously? like they've never actually even yeah, made the dude. dunk. And and I know that Juan yeah. Toscano Anderson slander is getting crazy right now, but he tried the <laughs> he took you. he put on the Josh Richardson jersey <laughs> and he was going to attempt the the reverse through the legs. And it, I swear, it didn't look like he even tried that dunk in practice or at, even once. You're just like, I know what. I think I can do this. I saw it on YouTube one time, and I'm thinking, guys, I don't. Maybe he did practice, but it certainly didn't look like it. Me and JJ, we were just like, take off that Jason Richardson jersey right now, dude. Take it off. If you can't nail it the first time, you just take that thing off, dude. I have one other idea that I thought of when you brought this up about the uh, the theatrics and the old dunkers. If again, if you can get the old timers and the greats to do this. If it's still four, they get a coach who's a prior dunk champion. Like, so imagine Cole Anthony walks in with Dominique or Zach Levine, since he's a bull mouth, will like team up with Jordan and that kind of thing. And obviously these guys aren't dunking unless they still can somehow, but they're, they're there. And just having them there, you completely energize the entire arena to say, oh, I wonder what Juan Toscano is going to do with Julia serving by his <laughs> right. Seat. This, this is my last idea. And I think this would be a good way to kind of draw the NBA superstars to coming out. Let's just have other superstars do it. Like once upon a time, Ken Griffey Jr., Deion Sanders, Barry Bonds did a dunk contest, right? And it was a right. lot of fun. I saw Miles Garrett get out there and do some crazy dunks. Can you imagine if Tyreek Hill entered a dunk contest? You would turn on the TV so fast, right? Just seeing what I would be terrified as a Chiefs fan. I, go ahead. <laughs> I think this this is where we this is where we're at. We we're getting out of the NBA to get better candidates right? than actual NBA players. This is embarrassing, guys. This is embarrassing. But also, Adam Silver, if you want to write me a check for these ideas, hit me up, man. So the yeah. MVP goes to our very own Steph Curry. Or at least me and JJ's very own Seth Curry. He scores 50 points. 
He hit 16 three-pointers. He's the first one to, I guess, bring in the Kobe Bryant trophy. What do you guys think of this? I think it's cool. I think it's, I mean, they've redesigned the trophy. They named it after the late, great Kobe Bryant after Bill Russell was the former name for the, the trophy. So, I mean, I, I think if you watch the game or if you saw highlights of it, Steph was just unconscious going out of his mind, shooting threes from which way, whatever. And my first thought was, man, is this going to break his slump? Because I know he's been in a three-point shooting slump. Maybe this is the catalyst to break him out of it because he was – looking like the old stuff of the early in the season i know it's just a you know a recreation all-star game but still these were threes that you he would normally make that he wasn't making in the last month so right maybe that that is the catalyst for him i thought he was going to break the record it looked like he had a good shot at it the record is 52 from anthony davis funny enough and he was at 50 i think when they still had what 15 points to hit and then all of a sudden everyone started playing defense and he only got, I think, one more shot off for the rest of the whole game. But it was, he was, in my opinion, the funnest part of that game by far. And it was, it was fun. The All-Star game was a lot more fun than All-Star Saturday Night to me this year. And I thought he was the best part of it. Yeah, Steph Curry turned Cleveland jeers into cheers, which was pretty badass. And they still hate him, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Which means that Stephen Curry is doing something right in his career. He's the first player to win the skills challenge, the three-point contest, and now All-Star MVP. So props to Steph for that. And can we just talk about making 16 threes? And like what John was saying, like crazy shots. One-legged, few feet back of the three-point line. No looks, just all of it. And Reggie, Wade and AI, they even had to get out of their, their seats. I like what Samuel was saying. Dude, they were double and triple, triple teaming him in an all-star game. In a game filled with other alphas and superstar caliber players. Like, come on now. Give my man some props. How are you going to triple team my dude in an all-star game? In the words of Devin Booker... Come on, man. We're just trying to get better. You can't double team me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I love that Steph also brings just the right amount of swag to this stuff, too. Like, you could tell when he was feeling it because he was throwing them up and just trying to run it back down the court. And the particular favorite play of mine was the really nice passing display where he ended up in the corner. Shot it. Had one of the most amazing photos I've ever seen of him just staring, looking at the fans, and all the guys looking up at the net as the ball fell through. Like, he's feeling it just the right amount where it doesn't feel arrogant, but it's just like this guy knows how good he is. And he's just amping it up a little bit so that the fans get more of a kick yeah. out of it. Maybe just a little bit of arrogance, because I also remember he like turned and looked at the fans as like, did that go in? And like you could audibly hear that swish. Like you knew you knew that thing went in, man. But he deserves he deserves to be that arrogant though. I think just getting that hot 16 threes is unbelievable. 16 So threes. congratulations to Stephen Curry. So I'm gonna take us to our last subject here. It's dub or dud. And basically I want you guys to tell me whether or not a topic or a story is a dub like a win or a dud like it didn't land. So Ray Allen. 
goes up to LeBron James, tries to dap him up right next to Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Pierce seems to be like completely oblivious to the situation, like Ray Allen isn't around, but KG was fully aware. And as Ray Allen passed by KG, KG stood there just kind of like clenching his fists and like biting his lips and like looking at the sky, just trying his best to ignore Ray Allen. He's obviously still feeling salty about what happened. Is this a dub or dud? I'm going to start with JJ. Oh man, as much as I think the beef is funny, it's a dud. They're old, dude. You got to get over it. He helped you win a championship, KG. Uh, you just got to kind of let it go, my guy. Come on. John. Yeah, I agree. It's a dud. It's funny, but at the same time, it's also kind of sad. These guys used to be home. These guys used to be yeah. homies, but they're also all retired. None of them play basketball anymore. And just drop it. I mean, life's too short, right? And and for I'll leave it with this. There's no way Paul Pierce was oblivious to the situation. I know he looked that way, but trust me, this guy's very cold, calculated, and self-aware. I mean, he was the same guy that faked an injury in 2008 and brought out a wheelchair. <laughs> so I'll leave it with that. Sammy. For my entertainment value, this was 100% a dub, but otherwise it was a pure dud for the same reasons that the other guy said. Although I, I had a hunch, John, you were going to bring up the wheelchair. I just I just figured somehow that was going to roll its way right into this conversation. Uh, I see what you did there. The truth, baby. Yeah, definitely dud move by KG and dub move by Paul Pierce because he fooled me. I thought he was completely oblivious. Our next topic here for Dub or Dud Michael Jordan. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he seemed to just be hugging everybody. He was very handsy. He was even like, he even went as far to like touch or like caress. I don't even know what to call it. Steph Curry's like the the back of his <laughs> head during the ceremony. He was like, he was like petting him. I don't I don't know what to make of that really, but Michael Jordan's I guess actions or demeanor during this whole thing, dub or dud. I'm going to go with uh, John here. It was, man, I, I don't think I've ever been left speechless watching a video or a clip of anything, but this is one of those times. <laughs> it was straight up weird. And if there's, I thought Scottie Pippen would do something like that, not Michael Jordan, just because of how weird Scottie's been acting. But I'm going to give it a dud because it's just weird to me. Maybe Michael Jordan was trying to get some of that shooting touch and uh, transfer it over to the, the Hornets. I like it. Sammy. What if it was 40 chest to ostracize Scottie Pippen? Like, look, Steph likes me while he was just petting him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has to be a dud. He was literally caressing him. It was It was the weirdest thing. I think maybe he was just happy to be around guys and... He, for who he is, is kind of private. You don't see him out a lot. He doesn't have an IG account. So maybe this was his way of just getting back and seeing everyone again and enjoying it. Maybe he was just didn't quite know how to embrace everybody. But you got to call it a dud because of that caress. That was just out there, man. <laughs> JJ. Yeah, the last time Michael Jordan touched another basketball player's head was when he slapped Malik Monk in the back of the head. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. depending who you ask, that could be a dud or dub. But uh, for this situation, 
It's a dud, man. You don't, you don't touch another man's head. Affectionate or not. Not in public. You save things for, you know, your private time. Wife, yeah, you don't even know if Steph took a sh yeah. shower, like shampooed his head that day. Come on, man. Yeah, come on, man. I'm going to go with the dub. And the reason being is because I, I've never seen, like, physically affectionate Jordan. And it was really funny to see that. And I think he was in that mood because he saw, like, all the top 75 players. And he's just touching everybody. He's like, I'm better than you. I was ranked higher than you. And I was ranked higher than you. Like, he's the man, dude. Steph got touched by royalty. I think it's a dub. Anyway, that is all that we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you guys for being on. JJ, thanks for, JJ, thanks for being on. Thank you, fans. Love you all. Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thanks for having me as always. Have a great week, everybody. And John, thanks for being on, man. Anything is possible. Kevin Garnett, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Sammy, talk about diagnosing the lines real quick. Well, we're coming out of the all-star break now. And we're going to start looking at potential parlays on, on Rookie of the Year and awards like that that might be a little bit sewn up. And we're going to start looking at some same-game parlays going forward as the games start to have significance for certain teams going into the end of the year. So I hope you'll check that out. We're probably going to have something either end of this week or early next week. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast. And follow us on Twitter, at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.